Episode 19, A U.S. Doctor's Volunteer Efforts in Israel During the War, who also happens to be my brother. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where you'll learn how to take steps to create a life that you love and enjoy. This podcast will cover mindset coaching and practical tips and tools, sprinkled with intergenerational wisdom and inspiration, and some Torah too. Here's your host, Nechama Weiser, Certified Health and Life Coach. Shalom and welcome to this week's episode. This week, I had a phone conversation with my brother Tzali, who is here from the U.S., volunteering as a physician in Eilat. And we talked about why he decided to come back to Israel for a second time since the war started. And we also discussed an important initiative that he's part of, organizing physicians who are coming from the U.S. to come to Israel and volunteer in various hospitals and match them up. And I really feel that my podcasts should be addressing the situation that is going on. Um, And it feels uncomfortable for me to kind of go on as usual um, when there is a war going on. And that's why I really made an effort to have episodes that do relate to the war. Um, And as time has been going on and this war has been lasting longer than any of us would like, Um, It really has been important to me to bring in different perspectives, um, different topics, some more directly related to the war and others maybe a little bit less so. Um, But every week, I want to somehow address what we're all feeling, what we're all going through, and this interview is no different. So without further ado, I want to present to you my brother Tzali B'Tzalel, and I hope that you find this interview impactful. Hello, everyone. As you all know, I have been trying to come up with podcasts that are relevant for what is actually going on, current events. And this week, I decided to chat with my brother, Tzali, who is here from the U.S. as a doctor. Uh, So, Tzali, why don't you introduce yourself instead of me introducing you? Just Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, what kind of medicine you practice, and where you're coming from. So I am Batal Reich. I go by Tali, like Nechama mentioned. I am the oldest of the five Reich kids. Nechama is number two. And a husband to Deanna and a father to three little girls, Leora, Naomi, and Michaela, ages six, four, and two. Uh, in my normal life, I'm an emergency medicine physician who practices in the state of Minnesota at a large academic institution and also a regional medical director for about half a dozen community emergency departments um, throughout uh, Minnesota as well. Uh, we moved to Israel as a family uh, in the late 80s. I was 10 at the time. And after an incredible 13 years or so in Israel, I decided to go to college in Boston, and as things happen, um, that led to medical school and then residency and then a faculty position in Boston as well. However, after marrying Deanna, who is a Minnesotan, I ended up moving to Minnesota with my um, new family and now three great kids. And Minnesota, for those of you who don't know, is 
just as hot as Tel Aviv in the summer and colder than Siberia in the winter. <laughs> and uh, they say that the mosquito is the state bird. But it's still a great place to raise a family, um, and we really enjoy our time there. Um, so that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, and it's a great place to visit, too. So It is, absolutely. <laughs> so, Tali, this is actually not your first, but your second time coming to Israel since this war has started. So I was wondering if you could share why you decided to come the first time um, and why you decided to come the second time and what you're doing during or what you did and what you are doing currently um, as a physician here. Sure. Um, so on October 7th, I think we were we were all obviously shocked and, and people responded in very different ways. Um, my initial response was honestly just to get on a plane and come and help. And I know a lot of other people felt that way who lived abroad. It was very hard to watch um, what was going on from afar. So people just wanted to get closer and, and try to help in whatever capacity they could. But after talking it over with uh, um, Diana, um, I put a plea out to the physicians in my group because I had quite a few shifts that I needed help with. And within a very short period of time, uh, my physician group uh, volunteered to pick up my shifts, which essentially freed up my schedule um, to, to go. <clears throat> in retrospect, I think, as often happens uh, early on in a war, there's a fog of war. And, and my first trip, while was very meaningful for me and, and, and hopefully for others, it wasn't as impactful as I had hoped. I went to uh, Tel Aviv, Ichilov uh, Medical Center, and worked in the emergency departments. Um, but for those of you who may recall, after the initial first days and before uh, the ground incursion, there wasn't a lot going on um, in the hospitals. Actually, the volumes were very low in the emergency department. And uh, I spent time with the residents. I did teaching um, and a lot of coordination uh, I'll get into that in a little bit. A lot of coordination of uh, organizing uh, additional doctors to come in the future. Um, but I felt, I felt after returning to Minnesota that um, I had work that was still incomplete from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the second trip, really, um, even before the second trip happened, I was working around the clock uh, trying to help get physicians over to Israel. Uh, and an opportunity popped up in Elat, in Yosefthal. Um, Yosefthal is a, a fairly small hospital in Elat, which is the most southern city in Israel. Um, it's right on the Red Sea and borders with Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt. Um, they had a pretty significant need. They don't have a lot of physicians at this hospital. And Elat started to get attacked by ballistic missiles and weaponized drones and they reached out uh, for help. And so I tried to set Yosef Tal up with a couple of physicians from the States, but those opportunities fell through. And as the days progressed and as, as additional, um, they had additional challenges, I just decided to uh, take them myself and volunteer and ended up in uh, Eilat. And so I've been here now for about a week and a half. And I have to say that this trip um, has proven to be extremely impactful. Uh, I'm teaching uh, residents. I'm seeing patients. We're preparing continuously for a mass casualty that I hope never happens. 
um, and also still working on um, organizing a continuous stream of physicians to the states and specifically to Eilat, which you know we've really identified has pretty significant needs. Wow. So what are you hoping to achieve during your time here? I know that you said that this was very impactful um, versus your last trip, but do you have any specific goals, things that you want to get done before you head home? Well, as I mentioned, I think my, my main goal is to really just make um, in a meaningful impact uh, to Israel and to the medical community and to the patients and to the refugees that are uh, many of them, I think the majority of them headed south to Eilat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, I hope I'm successful in that arena. My second, my second goal and something that I've really dreamed of ever since moving to the States is really helping build a bridge between the United States and Israel when it comes to emergency medicine. Emergency medicine has been around for about uh, 50 or even a longer 50 years in the States, but in Israel, it's a fairly new specialty and still in its infancy. My dream has always been to assist with that, but that dream has, has been dormant over the last few years as I focused on my own career and my family and being far away. But October 7th and, and the war um, that resulted from that has certainly awakened those feelings. And, and I, you know, that second, um, goal of mine is really coming to the um, to the front now and, and something that I hope to focus on uh, in the months and hopefully years to come. So more is yet to come from Sally Reich. <laughs> um, I hope so. <laughs> so you mentioned your family. Um, I'm curious to hear, did you have any hesitations about coming? What did Deanna think about it? Other family members? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, growing up in, in my teenage years in Israel during a really difficult time um, during the Intifada, I didn't have any hesitations to come um, to a country that's in, in a war. But that's that's my feeling. And obviously, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a husband. Um, and it's definitely a conversation that I had with my family before coming. And I'm very fortunate um, that they've been very supportive in my travels, um, they recognize that there is there is some degree of danger, but I think if we're honest with one another, there is danger all around the world um, for for Jews and for Jewish families um, that have been exposed to uh, a, a sharp increase in anti-Semitic attacks, even in the states, um, pretty much daily. So yes, right. while coming to Israel, there's there's obvious risk in, in coming to to a country that's at war, um, but I think. Many of us um, feel that being in Israel is oftentimes a lot safer than being anywhere else in the world, um, even during a time of war. Right. I'm curious, there may be listeners who are doctors or who know doctors. What can doctors do from abroad to help the situation in Israel right now? Because I know that you mentioned everyone wants to do something. Everyone wants to help. Um, so what can they do? Everyone does like to help. And, and just for, for numbers sake, um, the Ministry of Health has over 12,000 applications for volunteers. Of those, 7,000 are physicians. Wow. Um, and the, the remaining 5,000 are a combination of nurses, paramedics, and lots of other healthcare workers. So 
it's tremendous. But you can imagine with so many volunteer requests, it's very hard to organize it in an efficient way. And, it, and the Ministry of Health um, are doing the best they can. Right. But, so I get the question a lot. People email me and message me on WhatsApp and on Facebook, like, I want to come. Can you set me up? <clears throat> and I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but there, are t- I think there are two main arenas where physicians can help. I think you can certainly help on the ground. And there are a lot of opportunities, whether in the hospital, in clinics, or with Magin David Adom. And and we'll talk about the organization that I'm a part of in a little bit. But we're we're close to 100 volunteers by now that have already been sent and many more to come. And I know there are other organizations out there that are also sending uh, a large number of physicians over. So there's opportunity on the ground. But I think one of the um, most important things that physicians can do uh, are actually, it's actually in their own communities. Um, a lot of physicians are part of um, institutions and, and um, uh, universities and colleges, and we're seeing a lot of misinformation going on, a lot of anti-Semitism, and I think this is a time that we need, as physicians, we need to be able to speak out in a respectful and truthful way and share our side of the story, because right now um, we're, we're not seeing that, and I think there's an opportunity here for physicians to get together as a group, because as a group, uh, I think we're we're much stronger and united, and to just share Israel's side of the story. Yeah, and I think that's so important because not every doctor can hop on a plane and leave their family and come here and volunteer. But even if you can't do that, there are so many opportunities to help from your own community, your own medical community, um, and I think that's that's a really important message. Um, I completely agree. Yeah, so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about an initiative that you kind of, I think you kind of started, but then turned into, morphed into something a lot bigger. Um, and maybe you can talk a little bit about it, how it started and what it became, because I think it really evolved in many ways. Sure. So I mentioned my initial instinct was to get on a plane and just go and help, and, and that's true. Um, but I wanted to bring more people with me um, because I think as a group, like I said, you're stronger as a group, but this, there are people who wanna come and enough people that we could put together a small task force, at least initially. And so, in, in the first wave of physicians that came over, um, there were five of us, and uh, a few went to Ikhilov, a few went to Shamir, Asaf uh, and the initial effort was really a family effort and you participated in it. Uh, our other siblings helped um, and volunteers that just came out of the woodworks. And within a few days we raised um, enough money um, and we got people on a plane and we got people in hotels and we got licensing. Licenses are the, the biggest barrier to working in Israel from the States. You need a temporary license, which takes Normally, it takes months to get a license in Israel. But during the war, the Ministry of Health uh, created a a new pathway that we tapped into. And so within a few days, all of us had licenses and we just went to work. And I think that's it's quite remarkable. That's huge. Once kind of. Yeah. Once word got out that um, um, we were successful in doing this. And I like to think that we uh, blazed. We created an initial path for, for other people to do it. I 
I was just overwhelmed by the number of just by a number of volunteers that were reaching out to me personally that really wanted to uh, uh, come. And I personally, I, I truthfully, I couldn't handle the volume on my own. I was working clinically. Um, I also still have a day job that I tried to do um, in the evening hours, um, even though I was in Israel, and I couldn't do it by myself. And so, actually, Shalom, um, our brother, is the one who connected me with a physician, a surgeon by the name of Adi Kogan, who was working on um, an organization with similar, with a similar mission to mine, uh, and had more of a logistical infrastructure that could support physicians through very generous donors. Um, and so I joined forces with them and, and I'm still part of that organization and I'm really focused on matching emergency physicians with hospital needs. So for instance, Yosef Tal has a need and, and so we have a very large pool of physicians that we can pull from. We interview those physicians to make sure that it's a good match and then we hook them up with the hospital and within a very short period of time, we get them on a plane put them up in a hotel, they get their license, and they can work. And at this point, it's very streamlined um, and very effective. And as I mentioned earlier, I think now it's a lot more um, um, impactful because we're able to identify the true needs that the hospitals have and really find a, a high-quality physician who can fill those needs. Wow. So if a physician is interested, and just to clarify, this is for ER doctors only or other physicians as well? So my focus is primarily on emergency medicine physicians, but the organization that I'm a part of is a multi-specialty organization. We have hundreds of physicians in this group. Um, they include emergency physicians, surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, really anybody who uh, feels like they can make a contribution is welcome to sign up. And as we get requests from the hospitals, we find the best match from the group and we send out emails. Not everyone on that list is really available to go when there's a need. Right. And so we envision, because the war is likely going to take a while, and even after the war, uh, we hope to continue this relationship with the hospitals. We envision this to be a rolling process. So even if you might not be able to go next week or in, in December or even in January, it's still worthwhile to sign up for the organization if you're interested in volunteering in the future, because then you'll start receiving emails when we have positions that open up and we, we can ask, um, send targeted emails to different specialties when there's a need and, and then um, we can set you up to volunteer. That's so brilliant. So anyone who's interested in joining this program, I'm going to include the information in the notes of this podcast. Um, but what would be the process to just go to the website Yep. For now, uh, it, the organization is called ILUS Doc Aid, and we'll, we'll, you know, I'll share with you the link. But you can sign up on the link. There's some information about the organization, about the donors, um, and then all you have to do is fill out uh, a form, um, and that's all you need to do. And then once you're in, once you're registered, you'll start receiving emails um, when an opening happens, and if you're somebody who um, can help fill that opening. Just reach out by email, and then we'll interview interview you briefly, and then um, hook you up with the hospital leadership, and everything happens pretty smoothly after that. Amazing. And I just think that this is really an indication that if you have an idea and you want to do something, you can start small 
um, and then tap into bigger organizations or you know more significant resources so that you can team up with them and make more of an impact. Um, because I think there are so many efforts that are you know going on right now, um, and some people feel like, oh, it's just me, you know, I can't make a difference. But here you're one doctor, Shalom's another doctor, and you you really created this huge initiative that is making such a big difference. Agree, and again, this is not—it's not just one doctor. I've—I've I've had a tremendous amount of support from, well, from my family in Israel, as you know, and and really primarily from my family back in Minnesota. So yeah, I can't thank them enough. And kudos to Diana for sending you off for the second time in six weeks. Um, incredible, <laughs> um, really. A lot of credit goes to her and. She's enabling you to do everything that you're doing. So it's amazing. Absolutely. I could not do any of this without her. Thank you so much for taking time off from your busy schedule. I know that you're busy in a lot. Um, uh, just to share a little bit about your efforts, about your initiative. Um, and again, if anyone is listening and feels that they can take part in this initiative, then please take a look at the notes where you can find the link and sign up to make a difference. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Thriving on Purpose with Nechama Weiser. If this episode piqued your interest or inspired you, and you're looking for a health and life coach who can help you up-level your life, then reach out today. Visit NechamaWeiserCoaching.com for details.